Hello, savvy moms, savvy savers, savvy money makers. How y'all doing? How y'all doing? This is Elkie, CEO and founder of Savvy Moms Unite, career prosperity catalyst, coming to you with a message today that has been weighing on my spirit for some time. Um, I want to preface this as I know this might upset some folks who own credit repair businesses or feel some type of way about what I'm saying. But what I'm saying, what I am speaking from is facts um, and also my experience as well and that of people I've worked with. Uh, But more so from my experience and what I know is out there in terms of research. So you'll probably notice if you're on social media, particularly on Instagram, there's like an influx of credit repair companies and programs that are available to your use right um and you know people promoting that they will help you increase your score they will assist you in um removing um inaccuracies on your credit report they will assist in removing collection items off your credit report different type of things all the things that they're telling you they can do Honestly, for the most part, you can do yourself. There are resources free available to you online through different um, programs that you that can assist you in doing this without a huge cost attached. So, for example, I'm part of um, Tiffany and Alice's budget dream catchers group. And I also am part of the Academy. I pay $9.99 a month to be a part of the Academy, which has access to tons of resources that if I were to pay someone else to give it to me would cost me a grip. And a grip um, in my up north slang, it's a lot of money, okay? Um, and I prefer that I would pay that. If I'm going to pay for a service, I would prefer to pay that and have do-it-yourself type access and and do my best to do my research. Um, You know, read the tool, read on the tools, Google, seriously, if you want to Google, there's so many articles, there's so much out there about credit now than ever before that even existed 10, 15 years ago. I mean, when I first went into my first bout with debt, it was right after college. I graduated in 2002 um, from undergrad. Um, I was, you know, I went to college in Ohio. I come back home and six months into being at home, you know, I'm, well, I was not working for three months and then I start working and I'm in a lot of debt because I took on credit cards while in college. One was for... One was to assist me to purchase tickets to fly home because going from Ohio to Rhode Island, that drive was pretty long. So if I wanted to go home sometimes and not be in a car for 12 hours or couldn't really get anyone to take me home, you know, I had a a classmate of mine who would take me home in her car um, every now and then. And she really was a major help to me. Like shout out to, shout out to (laughs) my college friend who would, you know, we both were from Rhode Island and she would like dump me and take me in her car 12 hours plus and would not even ask for gas. And that was just amazing. She really saved me on um, some occasions. But, you know, outside of that, 
I would want to go home, but the best way for me to go was to fly. So I got a credit card for that. And then buying clothes. Um, I got a credit card for that. And then I think I had one other credit card. But I, at least by the time I graduated, I had three credit cards. Bad idea. Didn't know any better. Didn't understand credit. My family didn't really explain it to me the best way. All I knew was credit sometimes got you some really bad shit. So um, I ended up in the same kind of situations many of my family members did. You know, you get to a point, you don't have steady income or you do have some income, but it's not a lot. And so you're stuck in this situation where you're just paying the minimum or you're not paying it off at all and you lose income so you're not paying it at all and it goes into default. So I defaulted on the credit cards except for one and that was the one where I was getting closed. So you know I wasn't trying to get that <laughs> get that taken away. But the other two cards fell into default. And so my mom said to me, the only resolve she could think of was I go through a credit um, counseling service to assist me in, in helping me with this debt because it was holding me back from purchasing a car. I needed to purchase a car, but my credit was so bad, I couldn't really get approved for car loans. So she thought it best that I go through this credit counseling program, um, which was like a nonprofit, I believe, that I went through the first one. And that would assist me in getting back on track. Um, so I go through this credit counseling program, this nonprofit, and they charge me like $10, I think a month, um, to be a part of the program. And what they basically told me to do was stop paying on all the cards and that they would negotiate. I would get, so there was a certain amount. They would take all the debt that you owe and calculate it and say, okay, Let's average it out and see how much you should be putting away to help with the debt instead of paying the cards. Didn't know at the time that was probably a really bad idea, but I just, you know, I, they were the experts in my mind. You know, I'm 22, 23 years old. I don't know any better. My mom is telling me this is the route to go. So I'm listening to the people who I think know best. So the, the counselor tells me, you're gonna pay this one flat rate a month and we're gonna store it into this account. And as it builds, we'll contact a creditor when we feel like there's enough money to negotiate. And so that's what they did. And I was in that program for about three years. Um, and come to think about the amount I owed at the time, I think my debt was $3,000, guys. And I laugh about it now. It's like $3,000, I could have worked that out, seriously. With the money I was putting away, for three years, I could have literally paid it off in a shorter span of time had I just worked my money out differently, especially for that first year of being out of school. I was, I was living at home, my parents not paying rent. So I could, have, I could have worked it out, but I didn't know any better. So I listened to their advice. Um, my credit score tanked in the first few months of being in the program and they did tell me that, they did warn me that that would happen that because you're not paying any more to these cards, your credit score is gonna tank. But when we negotiate to pay it off, it'll, it'll come back up. But they didn't even tell me there'd be a period where it would take a while for it to come back up. All, I, all the stuff that I know now that I didn't know then, I'm like, gosh, I could have really approached this in a different way. So they're storing this amount of money. So I think I was paying $75 a month 
um, into this account and they would take $10 of whatever the fee was at the time and pay towards their fee, but the money was building in an account. And then as it got to a certain amount, they negotiated the first card and I didn't pay the full amount, I just paid a percentage. And then they did it with the other card, they did it with the other card. It took me years to get out of my bad credit situation because those accounts stayed on my credit report for years. And here's why. When something goes into collection, it automatically impacts your credit score. Know that one. It will automatically impact your credit score regardless of whether you decide a month later to pay them off. That doesn't look good to the creditors. It would always harm your score. So never allow anything to go into collections. If you are current, it's best you stay current and work to pay the card off and stop using the credit. But to allow it to go into collections, it's already in a bad place. So that was one. And and I had to let one of the accounts that was active at the time go into collections while, while I was in this program. So mistake number one. Two, if you are in a position to pay the minimum, but pay a little extra on at least one of your cards, that is a better move because the one thing you want to do is make sure you're current because your your on-time payments matter. They, they're not a huge bit of your credit score, but they do help. So having those on-time payments, even if it's the minimum, is still better than nothing or it going into default because they give you about 90 days before your credit card goes into default and then possibly collection. And 90 days is also the time period where you can see a full cycle of a change in your credit score. Sometimes faster, but that's about it if you're just making the regular payments, okay? So, rule number two, um, make sure that you're, all, you're consistently paying on time and your, current, your accounts are current. Three, the other problem is when you negotiate for lower than what you owe in collections, that doesn't look good to the creditor because the creditor sees it as you didn't fulfill your obligation. You already defaulted and then you decided to not pay what you owe. Doesn't look great. So regardless of whether the impact of you paying off the, the, the collection um, really helps your score, it, it, you still don't want it to show that you didn't pay what you owe. That's worse. Um, and it doesn't reflect well on when creditors pull your with potential loaners, potential banks um, want to give you credit or give you a loan or whatever. It's gonna it's gonna look bad. So your best bet is to pay what you owe. Um, I wouldn't work on collections first. I would try to get your utilization down. And didn't even know what this really was until about six years ago what utilization really meant when I actually worked with my with my last financial coach that I'd worked with professionally for myself um he had told me about credit utilization he's like if you get your usage down to 30 percent of what is given as your available credit so let's say you get a thousand dollars in available credit that you could use on a credit card and you use 30 percent of that right you would still have a positive credit score because it you're not using the full amount of the available credit the minute you go over 30 and and close to 90 it will lower your score because it looks like you can't handle 
the use of that amount. You you are overextending yourself is what a bank or creditor will think, right? So you always want to keep your credit utilization down to 30 or less. Because think about it. If I have $1,000 and I'm using 300 of it, that's really different than if I'm using 700, right? Because 300 is only available for me to spend. That means I'm using a large chunk. And if I'm maintaining that for three months straight, it's still not looking great. So you want to get that taken care of within that three, that 90 month, 90 day span that you're really getting that utilization down. So I always say with my clients, work towards getting a utilization down first so that that because that has a greater impact on your score versus you trying to take care of a collection account and and it doing nothing for you at the time, okay? Also, you don't need credit repair programs to do this for you or tell you to do this. This is available online. This is available through resources. There is there there are checklists. There's a lot of things that are available online that you will not need a creditor to tell you this. Um, okay, so these credit repair programs will tell you. Okay, we'll remove the inaccuracies. All right, yes, they probably have language in a letter that they use to help with those negotiations, but those negotiations are not guaranteed. Just like it's not guaranteed that they can even negotiate a lower amount. What they will tell you to do is, okay, since you owe, let's say my credit card right now that I have, I go back to the $1,000 amount. Let's say I, I am at like a high utilization. I'm like at seven at $800, right? That I'm using of my $1,000. And I you know, want to get it down, but I I just don't see a way to do that. Right. So I go to this credit repair company and they're like, all right, well, if you stop paying for a few months (laughs) and we can negotiate where you owe less than 800, bad idea. Your best bet is to pay the minimum plus an extra $20 even to get that utilization down faster than to stop paying it, go into default potentially, and that cause a backlash on your credit card. Never, if if anyone telling you this, anybody who understands credit tells you to stop making a payment on a current account, that is bad advice. That is not solid advice. Any current accounts continue to pay those. Never stop paying those. If you pay a little extra month, we'll go a longer way because you're taking care of part of the interest, then you, and you're bringing down your utilization, which charges you less interest. Remember guys, if you look at your your statements, go look at your statements, go look at your credit card statements and see what the impact of you having a high utilization and that impact on your interest and how much you pay. Because your interest is based on how much you're using. So if you're at zero on your account, you're not going to get charged interest. But if you're at 700 on that $1,000 account, you're being charged a high interest because you're using a lot of the money. The more you use, the higher the interest. But the less you use, the lower the interest. You can see it on your credit card statement, how much you're getting charged in interest per month based on how much you have on your balance that you're using, right? 
So that's something that you want to focus on. And paying before your due date is important too. That has a greater impact on your score and your your um, credit reporting than anything. And, and here's why. Because just like I said, the reporting is done 30 days. But your due date may not be within that 30 days. It might be outside of that 30 days. So if you're paying on your due date, it goes on the next statement, not on the current. So you always want to pay days before. I normally will pay four or five days before my due date because I want my current reporting to be impacted. I don't want it to wait till the next statement and then they're not reporting it for another month or so. So always make sure you pay early, pay the amount you pay the the minimum plus a few dollars. Sometimes even I say 20 to 50 if you can't afford it because it, it, it really does make a difference. You paying that little extra every month, even like with car payments, sometimes splitting it up in two. So bi-weekly, if you pay your car payments, reduces your interest because you're paying, you're having multiple payments on the statement versus that one payment. So it, it, these are some things I want you to keep in mind. If you're considering a, a credit repair program, for, before you sign paperwork, before you make any payments to them, before anything, listen to what they're asking you to do. If they're telling you to do something that's going to be detrimental to you down the line, they're not advising you well. If they're asking you to shell out $1,500 to $3,000 up front to help you with stuff you could do, you got to think about it. If I had $3,000 to pay a credit repair program, I could take that $3,000 that I have right now to pay them and, and negotiate and figure out how to pay my other cards myself. I wouldn't need them because if you're current on your cards, this is for situations where you're current. Let's say you're current, but you have high utilization. If I got three G's to spend, I'm going to go and make payments on these cards or ask the credit card company, can you lower my interest for a few months while I try to take care of this balance to help me out? Most will do that because especially if you're a consistent paying customer, they will negotiate. I've done this already. I've had a client do this. I've done it myself where they call the credit card company and say, hey, for the next three months, can I negotiate you lowering my interest until I can get my payments down? They will do that because once they, once in good faith, you make those payments, they have no problem doing that. Or even saying, can I negotiate what I'm paying right now in my, in my monthly statement? You have to work with the company before it goes to collection. Don't let it default too long. Don't let it go three months in default because that's when it's potential to go to collection. You want to hit them before it gets there. If it's a really a struggle call, there's hardship programs. They can stall things for you. Don't, I've learned it the hard way. Letting stuff go to collection is the worst thing you could do with your credit cards or any kind of loan installment payments. It's better you try and make the payments, negotiate with them, see if they can help you, but do not ever let it go to collection. And once it gets there, you're, it's on you to make those payments and pay it in full. And you can negotiate with the collection agencies if you want to. There, there are documents online to, that explain how to negotiate with collection agencies to get the most optimal uh, uh, um, deal out of it. But I'm trying to stop you from getting to the point where you need a credit repair company. 
And that's that's where I want to be. I don't want to be already in a bad situation and then I'm kind of lost. If we were doing the education prior, many people wouldn't even need these credit repair companies. They would they would start doing things on their own to safeguard themselves. First of all, I don't think you should have too many credit cards. I think you should have some form of credit so that you could establish that. But I I'm honestly I had eight credit cards at one point in my life. Eight freaking credit cards and I couldn't understand how I even got to that point I can't tell y'all seriously what was going on at the time and why that made sense to me but I look back on it now it's like how was I even maintaining that I had eight credit cards and I was able to knock those out down to three credit cards that were active and being paid on time in 18 months with the strategies that my financial counselor showed me and this was like the best thing he ever did because once he told once once i understood how interest worked on the cards once i understood how i was what i was really paying it encouraged me to want to pay it off faster i was like whatever money i got in lump sum whatever money i have saved i'm gonna use it towards this debt because i need to get out of debt so i can start saving for a rainy day that's how i started thinking because you want to have at least three to six months worth of your living expenses somewhere stacked away because anything could happen and you don't want your debt to prevent you from doing that step so that's why it's important we educate each other and educate ourselves on the best way to approach our credit so i do this to say to people if you seriously if you talk to a credit repair company and they're telling you to shell out three thousand dollars or fifteen hundred to three thousand dollars up front before they even do anything for you and then say it's not a guarantee, that's not the best use of your money. You definitely want to make sure you can handle whatever's coming. And if there's no guarantee that they can really help you and clean up your credit as they say, because you can report inaccuracies. There are apps out there, there's Experian app, where you can boost your score for free, your, your um, credit score, you can even, report and dispute inaccuracies and when i'm saying inaccuracies meaning when you check your last statement from that company does it match what the credit uh, um file is saying and reporting does it even match all three credit bureaus that's what an inaccuracy is if they're reporting incorrect amounts your address is incorrect your contact info is incorrect that could that is considered an inaccuracy and you can definitely ask for that to be removed because they have to report accurate information and if you don't hold them accountable they can do it for however long they will but if you have proof that you don't even owe a debt you can dispute that as well because once you dispute it that that company has to prove that you were actually the one who took out that money and used it they have to provide paperwork to back that that's what a dispute is and you could do that i've done it myself so I will, I, I say, look, Google this stuff. I also post things on my page as well. And I'll definitely post some links to articles when I post my podcast on my page so that you can see for yourself what I'm talking about. None of what I'm saying is crazy or out of the blue. This is stuff that literally I have used, my clients have used, I have directed people to. I tell my clients all the time, I don't charge for credit, for credit advice. Because 
if I charge you, I feel like I'm doing something. I'm not being, I'm not having integrity because this, the stuff that I know is what I got from my, my own, you know, learning, but also from online. And there's checklists, there's toolkits out there. There are people on Instagram posting about credit all day long for free. They're not charging you for that. Um, And the target audience are the ones who are really the ones that need education rather than being put in a bad situation. And I'm more about educated. I'm, I'm a former educator. That's my background. I immediately go into teaching mode because I, that's what I know. That's that's my nature. So I'm always in a mode of teaching. I want people to understand and, and know, know what they're capable of doing because we can do a lot. You're talking to someone who almost hit bankruptcy, who has lost cars, who has had crazy stuff happen. And I'm telling you now, I've been able to dig myself out of those situations. So it doesn't mean anybody, it doesn't mean you can't do it. People are doing it every day. So thank you for listening to my podcast session. Continue to follow me here on all platforms. You hear this podcast on, um, you can uh, like my page for more information. Like I said, I will attach uh, links to the information that I, I've given you on this podcast session. But, and also join my Savvy Money Mindset group where this information I'm giving is there. I don't hide from my group what I think they should be doing. I try to give as much information. What I do charge for in my sessions is for one-on-one personal um, personal engagement. I also have courses that I offer that give you um, some better understanding tools and value in really being about your money like 2020 is here guys and you don't want to be in a situation where you're at the mercy of somebody else because you don't know any better and you know any different get your money language skills up get your knowledge base up make sure that you're doing the research if you're paying for courses take the damn courses (laughs) don't pay for a course and not do it um utilize the information that is out there for you so that you can be better with your money Thank you so much. Love you all. Have a wonderful day. This is Elkie, CEO, founder of Savvy Moms Unite Career Prosperity Catalyst.